just feeling the love here in this church has been a huge impact on um, just how we live in general. It's impacted by our family life in that our family is closer together. We're starting to do more things together. And um, it's interesting, we're all involved in ministries here. I've made lasting friendship and I've grown stronger in my walk with the Lord. Um, it's made me a lot stronger in my faith. It's brought me to Christ and it helped me become saved. I've made lasting relationships that have helped me in my walk with Christ. The friends and fellowship have brought me back to my life with Jesus. Give me a place that I can study the Word and learn the Word and uh, have some accountability partners on a weekly and daily basis and that's important to grow and uh, you know be all I need to be for Christ. All of us are really um, devoted and faithful to Christ since we've been coming here. By the tremendous spiritual growth from the uh, tremendous uh, biblical preaching through Pastor Han. Being able to see both my daughters get saved. When I feel like I've lost my way, Colonial Heights gives me a way to come back. It's been the place where I've uh, grown in faith and uh, flourished in service to our Lord. We've grown deeper and we've learned how to apply our, our, our faith to our everyday walk. But, but more importantly, it's given us the ability to step out in our faith in just ways that we couldn't have dreamed of. By causing me to grow deeper into my faith, um, apply that faith to my life and my relationships with other people around me. It has provided us a physical sustenance of family during some of our most difficult life struggles. My fellowship class is like just an extended family. I love every one of them. They've blessed me. And it's just something I've never experienced in my whole life. I now have a new family. In that... Uh... Isn't that good just to have an opportunity to think about that, to hear that? Man, what a blessing we have in Colonial Heights Baptist just to, to see the difference it's making in people's lives. And man, especially that one about Pastor Hahn. That was <laughs> this is my favorite one, I won't lie. But, uh, you know, folks, last week we talked about uh, the story that God is writing here. We looked a little bit about where we had been. And, and what has happened in the past, where we are now, what's happening right now, and where potentially God is taking this story. And much like in listening to those testimonies right there, it, it's good to rehearse that. It, it's good to remember. And man, I hope it was, at least it was for me, just very inspirational and, and motivating. Motivating to, to gratitude, to praise, uh, and to commitment. So exciting to see what God is doing right here in our midst and, and doing all around us. And today we want to continue the story. Different from last week in that last week the focus of the story was on, on the vision, the direction, the ideas and, and numbers. Today we want to come back telling the same story, but we want to put faces behind it. We want you to see the faces around the world. Faces right here in our community. Uh, and seeing the individual impact of what God is doing here at Colonial Heights Baptist Church. Would you turn your attention to the screen again? And as you uh, picked up from that, that video was kind of a uh, review 
of our trip to the Ukraine last year, uh, last summer. And obviously, folks, we tend to think that, you know, when we get on a plane and we're going to another part of the world, uh, you know, that, that's in areas and places that we don't know anything about or we're not from. It'd be kind of different if we were getting on a plane and going somewhere that somebody in our church was actually from. And, and uh, we have Todd and Veronica Gallagher here. And Veronica is from the Ukraine. And the uh, city that we went to and were ministering in was her hometown and where her father uh, is the pastor there of an evangelical church. And Veronica, because obviously your, your context, your community, very different than what a lot of us here are going to experience uh, in an evangelical church. Tell us a little bit of what it's like uh, to, to, for your dad, for an evangelical church in, in the community that you're from. Okay, um, I think the biggest obstacle that always have been and still remaining in our area is um, just Orthodox Church guided by the priest. Priest is not only the head of the church, but he's part of the local government, which made it much more harder for us. And uh, just um, we've seen the the actually priest be so against people going to the evangelical churches and find out from the word of God that they don't need to pay to priests to actually, you know, uh, to uh, get blessings and for, to forgive their uh, sins, you know, but mm-hmm. they've just been taught this all of this life, so the priest doesn't want to people to go and just in case find out. You know, and it's been a struggle for us because every time my dad and dad's church would try to do some kind of a gathering, evangelical gathering in our area, we would put the flyers around the town and the priest will make sure that those flyers are ripped off so nobody would know about the event. Or he will go to the houses and actually personally would say to the people, hey, you're not supposed to go to this cult because... If you're going to go, I am not going to give you blessing when you die and enabling oh. you to go to heaven, which yeah. is huge for people because of they still have that leftover of um, Soviet Union in them, regime type thing. So they really afraid of stepping out and just in case, who knows, I lose my salvation. Yeah. And uh, it's been it's just been difficult to just to prove that we want just Jesus to show, you know, we want them to have relationship with God. Right. Wow. Very, very different from anything we experience. Now, we sent a team over. We saw the picture. There was 15, 15, 15 people, people that total, went. Yeah. And, and what did they join your dad in the church in doing? Oh, my goodness. I can't ex- stop explaining because it was an awesome time. Everybody who went there, I could tell that we just had a personal fun time, too. But also, we went to do the VBS-type um, daycare uh, um, day camp, sorry, yeah. day camp uh, for uh, kids from six years old to 16, and we had about 160 kids showed up yeah. every day and um, just spent time with them, love and sang with them and ate with them and just shared time with them, which was awesome. And after that, we picked few Orthodox um, families. We went there. We took Americans and interpreter interpreters there and we had time with them just ate dinner ate ukrainian food and just wanted to show that we're normal people and we love jesus we want them to have relationships with god not just go to the church and have these rituals that 
yeah. don't mean anything. And uh, we just want to be there and say we're normal. And after that, we went to the rehab center that is opened by my dad's church because he has seen a huge need in alcohol and drugs users, people. So it's mainly just, just for men for now. He wants uh-huh. to open for later for women, if God's will. Also, we went to the orphanage, handicapped orphanages. We brought them food and just uh, fruits and uh, some uh, some uh, gifts and just loved them and sang with them and um, just shared time with, with them there. Also, we went to the senior house. And the I think the most awesome thing was that the women, um, the small group of women that knitted those blankets were given there, yeah. which was awesome, I think, to uh, to just kind of bring a piece of Colonia Heights to there. And um, that was just awesome. I think we had, everybody had an incredible time and just uh, amazing. Yeah. Is, is Ukrainian food good? You should try. I should try. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> if somebody goes this summer, they can anticipate Good oh, food. yeah, because when you go there, you stay actually at the families. You don't stay in the hotel or anything, yeah. so you get experience of everything. The, you the know? real stuff. Yeah, you That's don't good. even have interpreter <laughs> when you live there. So it's like you have to really Terrific. put yourself out there. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Well, yeah. good. Well, listen, you know, we obviously we want to have an impact on our community. We want to have an impact on our world. Did this trip make a difference? Was it helpful for your dad and, and his church there? Absolutely, absolutely. He just can't stop saying again that how the walls were break down, how the parents would come and just kind of curious. We want to see what the kids really loved it there. And they just I think the main thing that I keep saying that the breakthrough was that, that one of the people that are is a part of the uh, local government came with a piece of paper signed and with a signature and everything. He said that how grateful they were for a good quality camp and that they want those of the camps more, you yeah. know, and it's just, I think for us, it's amazing because right. you don't hear those things very often at all. Right. And, you know, having been in that area of the world, that statement you just made, having papers, mm. that, that's a big deal over there. Ha- having something official that's signed, that's mm-hmm. talking about what our church did there and that, that opportunity, that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, that is awesome. And just, uh, just the last speech that our president made that he wants to do actually the one Orthodox church in the future. He wants to have one faith and no more. So it yeah. just gives us more inspiring us, inspiration to go and just tell people about the real truth. Gospel of Jesus. Yeah, gospel Amen. Of Jesus. Thank you guys so much for being with us this morning. Not only do we want to have an impact in our world, but obviously, folks, we want to bring that home to our world, don't we? We want to have an impact right here in our community. Watch the screen again. You'll notice there it said 2010 Krestos events. Krestos is a, a Greek word that means kindness. So you could read that just to say these are kindness events. And we try to have our, our Bible fellowship classes doing out there in the community, doing an event or two a year. And then once a year, we do a large church-wide event where we try to carry God's kindness out into our community. As many of you know, this past summer, uh, we went to over 20 schools in our area doing the kinds of things that you saw in those pictures just to to simply be a blessing and to serve our community. Five of those schools, of course, were, were Colonial Heights schools. And I've got Joe Cox. Would you come up here? This is Joe Cox, the superintendent of uh, Colonial Heights schools. And uh, yeah, 
And Joe has been the, uh, the superintendent for, for 10 years now in Colonial Heights. So that's almost an entire generation. Those first graders are in 10th grade now. So we've acknowledged if, if in two years none of those seniors get into college, it's all right here. This is where all the blame lies. <laughs> but he, he's done a super job leading the schools of Colonial Heights. And uh, Joe, had anybody, any churches or church come to you on this kind of magnitude to, to do something like this before? You know, we've never had anything like this before. And I think that <clears throat> first day of school in particular is just so important when students and parents come back for the first time. I think in particular it's very exciting for the younger students, maybe not yeah. so much for the older <laughs> yeah, students. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the work that, uh, that our church did is just truly commendable. Uh, I had uh, many emails, many phone calls, uh, you know, from our building principals, from our facilities people, and from parents and just other community members that were just very complimentary of the work. And, you know, the last thing you want to have happen as a superintendent or a principal when they come back the first day is for the grass to be so high that you lose kindergartners yeah. on the way to class. Yeah. So we were very appreciative. Yeah. Losing kindergartners anywhere would be, I guess, it's a bad thing. It's not a good thing, thing no. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. That gets you on TV, probably. Yeah. 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 Not, not, not yeah. for the right yeah. reason, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. We all, there's places I don't ever want to be on Fox News. That's right. That's right. <laughs> with a helicopter circling I, I, overhead. I share that with you. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, and, and you, you, I think you just kind of said this, Joe, but as you, as you talk to to the school community, to principals, that you, you heard personally and experienced the, the impact that our church, your church, had out there in those schools. We did. You know, it was the outreach, it was the service, and as important, it was just the uh, great work that was done. Yeah. And I think our campuses truly looked remarkable when everyone came back to school, and that was in large part due to this project. Yeah, thank you. Anything else you wanted to do? I, you had to I share? actually have a plaque that our high school staff really unsolicited uh, put a little money together, and they wanted to do this uh, in appreciation of Colonial Heights Baptist Church Crestos Project. Thank you for serving our schools and community, City of Colonial Heights Public Schools, and you actually get to keep this in the 5 o'clock service. <laughs> there okay. we go. All right. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. God bless you. You know, we go out into our community to do these kinds of things, and you know, ultimately our goal, folks, whether we're out in the world, whether we're in the community, our, our goal is to get to a heart, isn't it? It's to get to a soul, to an individual. Watch this. If you weren't there that day or you've come since, on November 7th, we did something a, a little bit unique and different in our church. That, that morning we presented the gospel. That, that's not the unique and different part. I'd like to think that's a very regular part. But what we did is we presented the gospel. Y'all come on up. Uh, what we did is we presented the gospel is I issued an invitation that morning to come and follow Christ in the waters of baptism right then, right that very moment. And uh, we had 15, 20 people. We had, come on over a little bit closer. <laughs> We had about 15 or 20 people prepared that, were, that had already said that morning they were going to be baptized. But uh, as you just heard in the numbers, uh, how many more came that morning uh, and that night and responded to the gospel? And as a matter of fact, what happened that mo morning was so profound, it, it didn't end uh, with the calendar day. It went on, and for the next three or four Sundays, we saw another 35 people really kind of responding to what happened that morning 
another 35. So over 100 people we saw baptized in, in just a month's time. I have, I have two folks here, Steve Mills and Susan Shornick. Uh, Steve was one that, i give you this, Steve. Steve was one that on that morning, I mean, we were, we were trusting in God. Y'all remember some of that? Uh, we were believing God was going to do something special. And so not knowing what was going to happen, but believing on God for something big, we, we enlisted help. And, and, and Steve represents some of that help. Steve, when we called you and said what we were doing, what, what were you told? What were you told you were going to be preparing for? Uh, a great coming. A great coming. There That's you right. go. And, uh, and they were just going to keep coming. They huh? were going to keep coming. Now, we, we prepared uh, that morning, and the staff prepared us very well. And uh, we had prepared for folks to come to answer the invitation. Yeah. And we had scheduled baptisms, but we were told to expect perhaps more. Yeah. And, and you, I might add, had done a crackerjack job with a 13-minute sermon, which was uh, a, a, a cliff... <laughs> Never been done here before. <laughs> a, a, a cliff notes version of the gospel, which was great. And, yeah. and folks answered the call of the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and so we were prepared for that. That's great. Steve, when, when you were back there, you got into your position, you knew this, this was the time. What were you thinking right before they started to come? Well, I, right before I said... You know, God is going to bless this yeah. uh, because uh, he has never failed yet to bless those that, that, uh, that want to serve him with a servant's heart. And, yeah. uh, he, and so right before they started to come, I said, you know, we're ready. We had prepared with uh, changing rooms and offices, and we had uh, extra clothes for folks to put on, yeah. you know, take off their wet stuff. And, and as you got up there... And, and the invitation, the first wave, and what we knew would become a second wave and a third wave. As those hallways filled up, what was that like? What was it like just to be there and see what was happening and what was going on? Well, my first thought was, I hope we have enough towels. <laughs> but, the guy in charge of towels. <laughs> but but it, was, uh, it, it was great, and it, and it was good to see the looks on their faces, uh, those that, you know, that were blessed to come, and, uh, and I was just blessed to be a part of that. And all the other folks, and there were many of us up there, they were just trying to keep it, keep it flowing. Yeah, and yeah. The spirit was great. So, so Steve was up there uh, working with us, helping make something like this happen, and then Susan was one, Susan and her husband Todd uh, were, were two that responded that morning. Now, you're, you're sitting out there, and you'd been a believer. Yes, you, you, yes. You'd, you'd made a profession of faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you're sitting out there that morning and you're hearing this invitation to, to come follow Christ in baptism right now. What, what were you thinking? Um, at the time, I, I really didn't think that Todd and I would answer that call. We hadn't planned on it. Um, we had been here at Colonial Heights Baptist for probably about a year and a half worshiping uh-huh. here, and we knew in our hearts that this is where God had led us to be and that this is where we wanted to be. Um, and that we would probably plan the baptism and, and get with you because Todd is a cradle Presbyterian, and so Presbyterians do things in a very orderly fashion. Yes, so you which plan, is good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so you plan these things, and you don't, you know, you don't yeah. usually do things extemporaneously like that. So um, we were sitting there, and as you said, when the first wave came through, and we were just um, in the praise and worship and everything, and it was. It was very powerful and very just a, a, such a moving um, thing for us. And the next thing I know, Todd grabbed my hand and said, come on, let's go. And 
I without much, a plan. Without a plan. <laughs> yes. Totally not orderly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And um, all I could say was, huh? Yeah. And he said, let's go. And yeah. we went. And back we went. Yeah. And, and, and as you were back there with Steve, you know, he's back yeah. there helping. You're back there a part of what was going on. What was that like for you to see what was going on? That, that was amazing. There was a lot of people back there between the assistants and the people that were answering the call and everything. I ended up um, in somebody's office and um, had the clothing and everything, had everything ready. And um, one of the things I was thinking of is my mascara waterproof. I can't remember if it's waterproof <laughs> or not. There's and so many things to worry about as a woman in there. I know, I know. <laughs> and, so, and then the next thing I thought was, you know, when I accepted Christ into my life, he told me then that it would be a journey like no other. I looked at a baby pool, and I was in somebody's office changing clothes to go get in a pool of water. And I thought, really? <laughs> really, God? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it just was surreal. And then when I was back out in the hallway, um, and there were so many people back there, and like I said, with the assistants, and there was, there was a guy, a friend of ours, um, John Torrance, who came to me, and thankfully he went flying out to the youth, up to the youth, because Mackenzie, our, our daughter, was here, so she could come back into the congregation yeah. and, and be able to witness this for us. He, bless his heart, went flying and go found her, and I think my son even thought about going and trying to find her and get yeah. back in here. But um, there were so many people there, and there were just so many different people in different places. Um, like you said, Todd and I had already accepted Christ in our life, and we were just um, reaffirming that here at the church. Um, there were people back there that were in tears, tears of joy. There were brokenness. There was just laughter. There was apprehension. And I didn't realize it until after we went through that, that I had just experienced God meeting every one of us wherever we were. Wow. Wherever we were in our lives, God was there for each and every one of those people. And it, that just... Was, That's a phenomenal moment. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And, and what has it meant to you and your family to be a part of Colonial Heights Baptist? For our family, we have just come together. It, it's, it's very visible to me. It's visible to my kids and to Todd. We've, we've come. It's, it's different. It's a different feeling. Um, we see God every single day. And it's not like he went anywhere. We just missed him. Yeah. And, and we see him every day. Um, for Todd and I personally, we've become um, a lot more active in our Bible fellowship class. Um, we're care group leaders in um, our Bible fellowship class, The Wild Side. Come join us. It's a great class. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, they're actually really, it's our Bible fellowship family. Yeah. It's not our class. Yeah. They're, they're an amazing group, and it, it, just, it has just pulled everything together for us. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate you guys sharing that today so much. And folks, I, I think what, what's really exciting is, is, is that when we stop and look at something like that, it's not just an event somewhere back there in the past. It goes on today, doesn't it? We've already seen four baptized this morning, and I think we have a couple more right now. Would you turn your attention to the baptismal? 
It's always a great joy for me to be able to have a part in someone's baptism. I know it is for you as a church, especially meaningful to friends and family of those being baptized. If you are a friend, a family member, a Bible fellowship member with them, if you have a connection with them, we would encourage you today as they're being baptized to stand and just join with them in this special time. Show your support for them. We have two brothers coming today. First, we have Nick King. Nick, have you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life? Yes, sir. Do you promise to live for him all your days here on earth? Yes, sir. Then I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next, we have Trevor King. And Trevor, have you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life? Yes, sir. Do you promise to live for him all your days here on earth? Yes, sir. Then I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy A couple of weeks ago, uh, we kind of started this time period that we're in. And you remember I talked to you about giving that day. And we looked at passages like Matthew 22 and Malachi chapter 3. And we learned, we saw for a fact that, that God is an owner of everything. And we're managers. Everything that comes through our hands, we are managers of. And the owner has the authority, has the right to direct where funds go, to direct at how managers use the funds. And we saw there the, the command of God on a believer's life, a follower's life, to, to give the tithe, to give 10% of their income. And even specifically, it details that that's to happen in the local church and, and for the sustenance of the church, the running, the, the life of the church and then beyond the tithes because we we saw really clearly that the tithes that's not the top end goal that that's not what you hope to one day be at the 10% that's actually a beginning point that that it's the tithes and offerings and offerings go to to things like buildings and missions and uh, caring for the poor ministries outside of the church and, and, and so we looked at these different things on on giving and then we came back uh, two weeks ago, or last week, and we looked at the vision of the church. Again, where we had been, uh, what God had been doing, what He's presently doing, and where this story could be going. And today, we came and tried to add some faces to it, realizing this is, this is not just numbers and ideas. There's real people, real homes, real communities, real countries that we're being involved with. And, and, and folks, our intent at looking at all this and pulling it together... Uh, in some sense, it's, it's looking at the believer's life and, and our resources and our involvement in the world. And, and in another sense, it's kind of an acknowledgement of where we are right now in America. These have been difficult economic times. And you know, when times are tight, when money's tight, when, when there's insecurity in jobs, you've you got to be careful, don't you? You have to be careful with your money. You have to be careful how you spend. You have to be careful the kind of commitments that you make and where you're going. You, you want to be sure. And so we've used the Scripture to show us that, man, the smartest thing we can be doing, especially in economic hard times, is to be giving. Uh, that, that puts us in a place of obedience. That, that involves God's hand of blessing 
uh, on our finances rather than our finances being declared to be stealing from God. And, and then as, as followers, we're going to give, but, but where do we do that giving? How do, how do we do that giving? You know, as a follower, you have a choice of where you're going to go to church, how you're going to do that giving. And I hope what you've seen the last two weeks, and I'll be the first to say, it, you don't get much more biased than me in what I'm about to say. But I think giving at Colonial Heights Baptist is, is pretty smart. Uh, I think when you give here, you have a great opportunity to see exactly how God takes these resources and what those resources do in individual lives, throughout our community, and around our world. And, uh, you know, when you're in times like this, hey, how should I be giving? What should I be doing? Where should I be doing that? Uh, I think doing that with God is smart. It's the best thing you can do. I think doing it here is a great opportunity. You got inside your your bulletin today uh, a commitment card. And this commitment card is a, is a tool. It's a tool that I think kind of helps you do two things. On the one hand, it's a tool that helps, helps me individually, helps me and my, my wife, our family, to kind of step back and think about this again. Kind of evaluate, hey, where have we been? What have we been doing? What do we need to be thinking about uh, in the future? It's a tool that just kind of stops and helps us to to think through that and pray about that. Some in this room, you, you've been giving. You've been giving for years. That, you don't need a card to do that. I don't need a card to do that. Uh, but it, again, it's that reminder and helps us to pray. Others may be making a decision like this for the very first time. And so this card becomes a, man, a real place of victory. A, a real place, place of stepping out in faith. And so we look at this and uh, maybe some will be attempting to trust God, maybe for the very first time. Remember when God said, test me, test me and see what I can do here. And, and we'll be attempting to, to give the 10%, to give the tithe to the general budget. As you can see there, uh, there's a building commitment. We are doing something a little bit unique this year, a little bit different, uh, and, and calling you to consider praying about a sacrifice uh, about something above and beyond the 10% to the building. Uh, that would just be a one-year commitment. Uh, you might give it all in one lump sum. You may give a little bit each week or, or on a monthly basis. But would you and your family consider, hey, is this something we can contribute to or be a part of? You know, the Scripture warns us uh, about talking about our giving in a way that is arrogant or braggadocious, in a way that, that seems to draw attention to self, and, and so I, we want to be careful of something like that. The scripture also uh, shows over and over leaders stepping out and showing what they're doing so that it's clear to the body uh, the, the kind of faith, the kind of commitment that is there. And so I certainly, following that model, want to affirm with you, Karen and I, as we have always done, will certainly give 10% of our gross income to the general budget of the church. Uh, has, as has been our practice and as we've been praying and thinking about this and uh, folks really as much as anything just wanting to seize the future knowing what God has been writing in this story knowing how good and faithful he's been want to see that future get as close as we can get it as soon as we can get it and so as we've prayed about that we've, we're going to make a commitment to give another 5% uh, of our income to the building uh, during the course of this next year and so again, it was, a, it was just a tool like this that helped us to kind of pray through that and think about that together. The second tool 
this gives us is that on the one hand, as I said, this is a very individual moment. This, this is an individual card. What's on this card is, is between my family and the Lord, between me and the Lord. Uh, and yet at the same time, this tool right here gives me a chance to come back next week and remind ourselves, remind me, I don't walk with the Lord alone. The, the, the New Testament does not do a lot of talking about how I walk with the Lord alone. It does a lot of talking about how I walk with the Lord in the body of Christ. And that while I make an individual decision, I'm a part of a church. And I have a chance to use this next week, cover it up, staple it, spit on it, make sure nobody can see it. But then come down here with my church family and, and, and put this on the altar and dedicate it to Him. Because what we do, we do together. The story that God is writing here is not the story of an individual. It's not the faith of an individual. It's not the commitment of the individual. But it's what we are as a family. The faith we've shown as a family. The commitment that we have shown as a family. Folks, you've heard me say this over and over. Uh, what God is doing here, there's a reason for it. There's a reason. And it is the, the faith and the commitment that you've shown. That He's pouring Himself through. That He is working through. So, you know, I encourage you to take advantage and be a part of that next week. I, I would encourage you to pray for two things. One is to ask Jesus, Jesus, what do I need to do with this card? And, and you realize anything you've heard me teach over the last week, two weeks, three weeks, you don't have to agree or disagree with me. You're not going to stand before God for agreeing or disagreeing with me. You know, but I hope you would ask, but what do you say, Jesus? What are you saying in your word? If I don't agree with what he said, what is it I believe your word to be saying? And so, Jesus, what, what would you have me, what would you have our family to do with this? And then the second prayer would be, Jesus, how are we supposed to be involved next week? You know what? Next week's an easy week not to come, isn't it? Oh, they're just, they're just doing that money thing. Oh, they're just, you're just going up there and turning their cards in. Oh, we're going to be minus an hour of sleep. What would Jesus have you to do next Sunday? Would he have you to be here? Would he have you to be a part? As a matter of fact, if you're a guest with us today, I hope you'll be back. And, and not to bring a card. This is, this is for our family. But the reason if you're a guest today, I'd want you to come back, is you have a neat opportunity next week to see the family of Christ. To see the family of God here at Colonial Heights Baptist express their worship, their gratitude for what God is doing here to express their faith and their commitment. I think, I think next Sunday, as a matter of fact, I know next Sunday because I've been through so many of them. For some, for some, next Sunday will be a Sunday of defeat. We won't see those. For some, next Sunday will be a great step of victory. It's going to be the start of a, a new step of faith in their walk with Christ. It's, it's an exciting Sunday. So, you know, just ask Jesus. Jesus, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do with this card? What would you have me to do in terms of being a part of what's going to happen there next Sunday morning? Let's pray. Father, we, we dedicate this card to you and what we do with it. I, I lift up to you every member of Colonial Heights Baptist Church. God, we've talked about being stewards, managers. God, you've called us to be a manager of an incredible opportunity. What we're seeing and experiencing here, Sunday in and Sunday out. 
what we experience inside these walls around our community and yea, Lord, what we experience all over this world. Your power and your presence. God, as Susan said a moment ago, you coming into this building and meeting people wherever they are. Wherever they are, whatever's going on, you meeting them right there. And we get to see that and we get to be a part of it every single week. And we praise you and we thank you for it. We thank you for the story that you're writing, the work that you're doing in this church family. And Father, I pray that me and my family, that we'll be a faithful part of this, that we'll manage faithfully through our prayers, through our giving, through our service, through our praise, I pray we will manage faithfully what we're getting to be a part of. And I, and I pray that for every person in this room. That whether you enter this world next Sunday or whether your return is years away, that whenever you return, that we'll be able to say, I've been faithful. I've been faithful with what God gave me. I've been faithful with this church. God, you're so good, and we worship you and praise you for it. Guide us, Lord, in how we express our gratitude, how we express our love and our worship, how we express our witness, so that individually, as a family, as a church, we clearly, profoundly exalt one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.